Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Fran Coombs is the managing editor of Rasmussen Reports, rasmussenreports.com, former editor of the Washington Times newspaper. Fran has been with us through the thick and the thin and the in-between of the the primaries and then the national election, federal election in the United States, and has given us so much of his weekend time. We're we're in your uh, we're we're in your debt, friend, and I want you to know that our mailing address is a moving target, so don't send any invoices. <laughs> don't worry about it, Roy. I've enjoyed the conversation. I'm glad that uh, our neighbors to the north are so interested in the election in this country. It's reassuring. Well, it, it's it's fascinating. At the same time, it, I mean, I, Tuesday night, I don't know. I mean, I, you weren't really surprised, were you, that it turned out the way it did? Well, our polling, Roy, as you know, has shown this race neck and neck for weeks, uh, for months. So, I mean, there, that part of me was was confident, but by the same token, when I was looking at everybody else showing Hillary winning by, you know, five, six, eight points, uh, naturally you're going to have some doubts. I mean, I in my heart of hearts, I wanted to believe Trump was going to win because that's what our numbers said, but I was as surprised as the next guy. I have to say, as an American, I was very, I was pretty proud of the country. Actually, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that damn me for saying that, but I'm surprised that Americans still had enough uh, wherewithal to overcome all the negative media and everything and vote the issues and uh, at an important time. Mr. Trump did his damnedest to cause his, himself trouble throughout the campaign. I mean, no, he no could doubt, have. No doubt. He, he did a. He did a. He did a great job. I mean. I know the Clinton campaign is blaming James Comey for the FBI director for their loss. They're blaming everyone but themselves for their loss. But certainly, Mr. Trump, uh, on more than one occasion, handed the uh, handed the sword right to the Clinton campaign and stuck his his head on the block. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, we now know through the WikiLeaks stuff, he he faced more than a hostile media. He he faced a media that, in many cases, was in collusion with the Clinton campaign. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he, he that's the old saw, don't give your enemy a club to beat you with, uh, which is why I think, you know, if Trump's doing, is being very smart right now, and if he if he continues this, I think it would be very smart for him from now until January 20th to just lie very low, have a smile on his face, talk unity, uh, stay away from his tweet account as much as possible, his Twitter account as much as possible, and just put on a happy face. And then when he, when he gets sworn in on January 20th, be prepared to hit the deck running. Fran, uh, so, so, so what happened? Uh, I mean, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to go from day one until, until last Tuesday, but when I was on RasmussenReports.com, uh, when I was on, on your site today, um, the first story was what they told us, reviewing last week's key polls, misperceptions, misleading reporting, and mistakes all around. That seems to be a large part of the surprise story of Donald Trump's victory. Was it just last week, or, or has it been that way all along? Oh, no, I think, well, first of all, I think that everyone, as you well know, they've been underestimating Trump from the start. Uh, they All during the primaries, they underestimated him, and yet from day one, he just took control of the Republican uh, ranks. I mean, we heard from everyone that that lineup of Republicans, best and brightest, best lineup of candidates in years, and he slaughtered those guys. After the first debate, it was there was just no question who was going to be the nominee for anybody who had their eyes open. But, of course, the media didn't believe it. The pollsters didn't believe it. Uh, same thing with the election. 
it was, I mean, you, you know as well as I do, four or five weeks ago, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and that crowd were saying, hey, look, the election's over. Hillary's already won. Paul the poll show, it's overwhelming. There's nothing Trump can do. Uh, so let's just look. It, it was almost like let's not even bother to have the election because Hillary's won. So let's start preparing for uh, for her administration. And, uh, again, they underestimated this man. And uh, there were things that he, many, as you say, that he brought on himself. Uh, but he bowled his way through things that have killed political candidates in recent years, one after another. And he just put his head down and kept going and just stayed on the issues uh, and kept pounding Hillary Clinton because he knew that, as our polling has shown, that over 50% of the voters in this country consider her a liar, consider her dishonest. Uh, just two weeks ago, before actually right before Comey came out, 53% said she still should be indicted. And that was before Comey reopened the case. Uh, so, you know, with that kind of narrative, Hillary Clinton was definitely an endangered candidate, I believe, right from the start. And her side just didn't want to believe it. Um, are Americans afraid of Donald Trump post-election? Now that the uh, the election's over, he's won. twenty out of 30 out of 50 states, he won. Uh, they have the Senate. They have the House. They have the governor's mansions. All of that aside now, when when Americans look back at what Donald Trump said over the span of the, certainly from the beginning of the primaries until last this past Tuesday, are, are significant numbers of Americans now, do you think, going to express fear of Donald Trump? Well, I'm, I'm sure the media will find people that express fear. To be honest with you, Roy, I think Americans have election fatigue. Uh, I think that, and that's why I was saying if Trump's smart, he'll lie low. Uh, I think there's nothing better for him to do at this point but to wish everybody a happy holiday season and to just let everybody relax a little bit uh, because people were just too wound up. I'm amazed at how many Democrats I've talked to who, after initially expressing disappointment with the outcome of the election, are ready just to move on with their lives. I mean, these are normal day-to-day people who have to raise a family and support a family, and they don't have time to be out marching in the street with paid agitators. Uh, these are real people. And, look, we have elections every four years. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Certainly yeah. Trump is a powerful figure. Uh, I mean, to me, this is as, as big as 1980. Uh, I think he's going to do some pretty dramatic things if he stays true to what he says. But... Yeah, the the people that don't like him will still not like him, and the people that do like him will be with him all the way unless he reneges on any of his promises. I know that Americans are getting back to living life as they uh, you know as they, they want to live post election because again when I look at uh, RasmussenReports.com what they told us reviewing last week's key polls the last one was most voters support legalizing recreational pot so there you are right. Oh, yeah, no, no, I mean, nobody can, nobody in their right mind can keep up the intensity of this campaign no. nonstop. I mean, we'd all have heart attacks. So, I mean, we know, I mean, we know MoveOn.org, which is for, funded by George Soros, is bussing these people in, has got hired agitators in these crowds trying to keep these protests up against Trump. But, you know, it's, it's hired agitators and then the folks that are, I guess, need, need a safe place at, uh, at college. What happened with the swing states, Florida? Well, you know, in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, particularly. What happened? What happened there? Well, I think it's what happened in a lot of these states. It happened in a lot of the, you know, Pennsylvania and Michigan, too. Uh, I think, first of all, there was a silent Trump vote that, again, you and me have discussed this in the past. Folks that just didn't tell the truth uh, because perhaps they thought uh, saying that they were for Trump was politically incorrect. Uh, and I think also uh, the Democrats really underestimated 
uh, how damaged their candidate was. It was it was kind of a, a race between uh, my candidate is worse than yours. Uh, oh no, no, she isn't. Yes, he is. Uh, both of these candidates were very unpopular, uh, but Hillary Clinton and her team were reading the New York Times and the friendly media watching CNN, and they truly believed, hey, she's the most qualified person that's ever run for the president, and Trump is evil, and the voters just didn't see it that way. She's been around a long time, and she's damaged goods. Interesting, the New York Times essentially issued an apology today to the Trump campaign. Well, I think their bottom line is hurting. Honestly, I think we've seen this in other places, Roy, where people who, I mean, it's interesting that both the senators who basically really went south on Trump, Kelly Ayotte and, uh, and uh, the, uh, Joe Heck out in Nevada, were defeated. Um, and Trump, you know, again, one of the narratives we kept hearing was Trump's going to kill all the Republicans in Congress. They're going to lose their majorities because Trump's so awful. And in fact, what did Paul Ryan say the other day? Thanks to uh, Donald Trump's coattails, we pulled a bunch more guys over the uh, finish line than we thought we would. So, um, yeah, I just, I just think that the Democrats, to me, it's kind of like the way the Republicans nominated John McCain and Bob Dole in years past. It was kind of, it's their turn, so it's their turn to be the nominee. And I think that's the way that, I, I'm, I'm not sure that a lot of Democrats were real happy with Hillary Clinton being the nominee, but it was her turn after 2008. So, and so now they've got her out of the way, and the next generation can step to the fore. So, so Fran, picking up on that point, where did the Sanders voters go? What did they do? Bernie Sanders voters, what did they do on Tuesday? Well, I, 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 I'm only really speculating because we know the exit polls were not necessarily very reliable. My guess is some of them stayed home. Some of them voted third party. I, I think basically they split up all over the place. I wouldn't be surprised if some of them voted for Trump. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not suggesting a huge number. Uh, but... I, I don't think they all, though, went reliably into the Democratic column. So there are going to be some really significant expectations of Mr. Trump when he assumes the office uh, on the 20th of January. What does he have to do to retain public confidence over the next four years? Well, I think I think he has to do, at least initially, he has to do those things that he promised he would do the high-profile things, deal with Obamacare, get the wall started, deal with illegal immigration. Uh, of course, name a, a good conservative or a good traditional uh, uh, constitutional, someone who follows the Constitution to the Supreme Court. Uh, do those kind of high-profile things right away. That's what I was saying about hitting the deck running. He's got a good transition team. Uh, just bang on January 20th, as soon as he gets back to the White House, he sends the Supreme Court nominee's name to the Hill. The next day, he announces that Ryan's going to come out. Uh, he's ready for the Obamacare thing that the Republicans put on his desk. He'll sign whatever they put on his desk. Uh, just show people action. And I think the real bottom line at the end of the day is the economy. I think if people start, I mean, look how, look how the stock market by the end of the week hit, what, I think it's hit its highest level in five years. If people start getting a sense that America is back, that America is on the grow, if you will, um, That'll, that'll carry Trump right along with it. Sounded strange still when you said when Donald Trump is in the White House. It just, it still sounds odd in a way. It really well, does. You know, Roy, <laughs> it kind of bothers me that a guy who is a successful billionaire businessman who's 70 years old is considered not qualified to be president, but somebody who was a community organizer yeah. 
spent, what, two or three years in the Illinois State Senate and then a couple years in the U.S. Senate is considered wholly qualified to be president of the United States. Now, I wasn't talking qualification. I was just saying the sound. Donald Trump in the White House still yeah, sounds a little surprised. odd. It's almost like you'll wonder, is, is the place big enough for him, you know? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I said this one time on your show. There is a streak in a lot of Americans. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, why is John Wayne, a popular movie star, yeah. still in this country My friend, decades after his death? Friend, there's a, you know, I got, uh, I got to run because of the clock, but I thank you for everything you've done for us, and we will stay in touch. Uh, thank you so much, Fran. All the best. Fran Coombs, a managing editor of Rasmussen Polling, who spent a lot of time with us over the last nine months.